Good morning and welcome to episode 274 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from BaseballProspectus.com. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. How are you, Ben? Not so great. I'm kind of down. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I warned people when I, when I posted yesterday's episode in the Facebook group, I warned people that it was kind of a depressing one because we talked about Sabathia and the Mariners, not the, the happiest topics. And I feel like we have to talk about Matt Harvey today, and I don't want to have to talk about that. I'm not, not so happy about that. I was a bit, I would say I was a bit surprised by how depressed everybody was. I mean, I also thought it was a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that I think that it was a, uh, a disproportionate response, but I don't recall that being like a normal thing when a guy gets injured. Is that a normal thing? Like, I, don't I mean, it was so. it mean, was like a, a solid ninety minutes of just people <laughs> mourning. Like, it was really like it was like when James Gandolfini died. Uh-huh. It was it was like that. Like, there were no jokes at all. Uh-huh. Nobody was making jokes about it. It was just like like I actually was thinking, should I say something funny? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think it was well. I think the closest comp, and I, I, I was actually going to ask you whether you had one, whether you could think of an injury that I produces... just gave you one. It was James Gandolfini <laughs> dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess I mean Strasburg is close, right? I remember yeah. being pretty, pretty depressed about Strasburg because he was so exciting that first year, and then suddenly he was having Tommy John surgery, and and I mean he's you know he kind of and it sounds. It sounds spoiled to say this because he has been incredible ever since. But stuff-wise, I feel like he's never been quite the same as he was that first year. And I don't know whether that is because of the injury and the surgery or just because that happens to pitchers as they get older. But he's never thrown quite as hard as he did in that first year um, and has not pitched quite as well of course that was like 70 innings so who knows whether he would have kept that up over a full season but but you know like the most electric arm in baseball seems maybe slightly less electric since that that first glimpse we got of him um so so i'm sad yeah that's a good point um strasburg i wonder if we were i I think there probably was some of this with strasburg too I wonder if it was slightly less because I'm just theorizing here, but uh, Strasburg was was younger, and uh-huh. it felt like you know, like Strasburg. Well, actually, was he? Uh, he was younger, right? But I think was so. He? Let me see. Yeah, um, he was 22, 20, uh, 20, 21, I guess. It was his rookie yeah, year, right? Yeah, it was his age 21 year. And yeah, and so what's Harvey, he, 25, 24 right now? Uh, yeah, Harvey Harvey is 24. So, yeah, he was considerably younger. Yeah, so we were kind of playing with house money already with Strasburg, maybe. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, that's the that's the so-called injury nexus, right, is where, yeah. where Strasburg was at that point, 2021, where pitchers get hurt more often and so it was a little more understandable. I mean, I guess we're, I, I didn't even ask you what you want to talk about. And we're just kind of bleeding into my sad topic. Oh, is this your topic? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So just keep talking about it. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of depressing. Um, I, I, 
been reading the various comments about it from Terry Collins and Sandy Alderson, and I, I guess the the natural thing that people start to wonder is whether it could have been prevented. Uh, Hang on, real yeah. quick. Are are there any interesting comments from Sandy Alderson and Terry Collins? Are they saying anything uh, re- remotely surprising? The the one thing is that. Um, They've they've acknowledged that he's been dealing with some forearm tightness all year, um, and so the interesting thing is like if you if you read their comments about that you would and you knew nothing about baseball you would almost think that that he's been handled irresponsibly like his his forearm's been tight all year and he's been receiving yeah. treatment uh, and yeah. he's still been pitching through it how could they how could they pitch him when he has tightness. Um, but Harvey said that most pitchers would admit to some forearm pain if they were being honest about it. Uh, and he'd never, never experienced anything, any like shooting pain or sharp pain or anything that made him think there was something more serious going on. So it just kind of reminded me of, um, how hard it is for, for even pitchers to tell if, if they're hurt themselves, like you'd think that that they would know if something was off, but not necessarily because they're they're always dealing with something. They never really feel a hundred percent after a season starts, and so it's hard to unless there's a clear moment where you hear something snap or pop, or there's just incredible pain or something. There's it's kind of hard to tell when you should shut yourself down because you can't ever pitch at a hundred percent really. Um, so that's that's something that I, I feel like we have to keep in mind. Anyway, um, I don't know that there's there's really any any lesson to draw from it because again, Harvey seems to be past that point at which you really want to ease up on a guy's workload. Uh, the Mets have have not done anything seemingly irresponsible with him. He didn't have any any massive innings counts at young ages. They've they've kind of taken their time with him this year, skipped a start here and there, or given him an extra day. Uh, he hasn't had any, you know, 140 pitch outings or anything. So there's there's kind of kind of no one to blame except except the universe and 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 ligaments in general. Um, so I, I don't really know what to say about it other than it's it's sad and i wish someone would figure out how to stop this thing um and do you have any reactions does he uh my impression is that he throws a bit harder now than he did like two years ago uh i think so yeah i think that yes that's the perception we don't we don't have the numbers on it necessarily but uh i mean you've you've written about it right or at least or we've talked about how he became better after making the majors than he was yeah, supposed to be. We, we've talked about how he's been better. I don't remember. Yeah. I My my recollection is that he His... throws harder than the scouting reports were. Uh-huh. That it was like the scouting reports were like he's, you know, 93 to 95 or something, and now he sits 96. Uh-huh. And um, this is, you know, that it's kind of a thing where I don't know if this is just another myth um, that um, – you know, you should mostly ignore, but it's one of those things where, um, it, it might be that 
these, you know, that for a few of these players who get really good and we get really excited, we should just immediately feel gloom. The <laughs> same that when Strasburg was coming out of uh, college, I, I remember there were a few people who were saying uh, his velocity gain is actually kind of troubling yeah you know you it's it's sort of it's it's not a great thing to to gain velocity that quickly and Mm -hmm. and really it's not necessarily a great thing to have that velocity i mean the harder you throw yes as i understand it the Mm -hmm. kind of worse it is for Mm -hmm. your arm because it's just it's already kind of to the point that it can't really take it much more Mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean it's sort of like one of the things that's depressing about harvey if this is you know if this is a factor is just that like now there's just no joy that we can feel <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like the more like like paradoxically the more exciting something is now mm-hmm. um the more um dangerous it is yeah uh yeah i've talked about before how i'm so scared about pitchers generally and that even when they're on some kind of historic run and they've been great for a few years i always have the feeling that that it could slip away um and <laughs> this is just a, another example of that. I, I wonder what it, uh, what do you think it does to to the Mets competitive timeline? Does it have any impact on that? Um, let's assume that that he does ultimately have the surgery and misses 2014. Um, does that does that matter for their their kind of competitive timeline? I mean, it matters in that they. They lose a year of him, uh, but I guess next year was not really the year that it was probably going to come together for them. It's it's kind of coming together, and you can see a core there, and the young pitching is exciting, and the the best yeah. part of that, um, but probably wasn't wasn't going to turn them into serious contenders until 2015, I guess. At which point he would theoretically be back yeah it feels like you know what it does is it um it costs them the sort of you know outside chance that next year Mm -hmm. everything could break right and they could be like the the surprise contender i mean that's still possible but it lowers the chance i think next year was going to be a consolidation year yeah and uh you know i don't think that they were I don't think they were in a position where they should have been investing a lot in next year, like, you Uh know, a few pieces here and there so that if things break right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this was the off season to strike to Mm -hmm. me, especially because I still think that this isn't going to be a great off season to be buying. Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, uh, so the last, the last report that we had on Harvey before he came up, uh, said that he works 92 to 95 with his fastball <laughs> and can touch 97. And this year his average fastball has been, I believe, 95.8. So that's his average. And he's touched mm-hmm. 100 uh, in, a, in looks like three games. And mm-hmm. you know, basically routinely touches 99. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, just in the last 12 months, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's had, a, I guess it, maybe it's like 15 months. He's had a, big velocity spike uh-huh. years. Yeah, someone someone at the Saber seminar and I can't I can't remember which of the presentations it was talked about that um, and about how velocity spikes can get us all excited and seem on the surface like a really good thing, but if it's too too much too soon or too much too quickly, 
yeah it can it can be a, a warning sign um and i don't know what you what you do if you see that happen do you t- right. do you tell a guy to stop throwing so hard i mean it's... You, you hit him with you hit him with a crowbar <laughs> right yeah just take matters into your own hands before before nature can do it for you um yeah because i mean you don't i guess the from our perspective i mean the mets probably know this a bit better uh, but we don't, you and I don't actually have any idea where the velocity came from. That's one of, mm-hmm. that's why I was writing about this. Like, like what the heck, right? Yeah. Where does, how does a pitcher who's 24, 25, how does a pitcher just add three miles an hour in velocity after he's been doing this his whole life and was already throwing real hard? It defies, uh, you know, any real explanations from our end. So, uh, yeah, so you don't know where it came from and you don't necessarily, I mean, I wouldn't have any idea where to start mm-hmm. with dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when we did our 25 and under track? Yes. Harvey was one of my guys, but uh, this is sort of surprising to me. Harvey was the sixth guy taken. And really? that was, yeah, that was, so this was uh, mid May. And he was our, I mean, he was pitching incredibly. Huh. Um, and I would imagine that yesterday he would have been the second guy taken. Who'd we take ahead of him other than Kershaw? And- Kershaw, one, Strasburg, two, Matt Moore, three, Bumgarner, four, Shelby Miller, five, and then Harvey, six. Huh. And so, uh, yeah, I, w- I would imagine that he would have been number two if we'd done this yesterday. I'm, I'm just curious. Where do you think he would go now? And let's say, let's <sighs> don't, hold, don't hold the next year against him. Don't hold his inactivity against him. Uh, if we did a draft 12 months from now and he's, you know, rehabbing and gearing up and about to, you know, he's going to make his debut tomorrow, uh-huh. where would you have him in that list? Um, I mean, not not that much lower, probably. Um, not much lower than two or not much lower than six? Uh, certainly not much lower than six. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know, the... The recovery rate is is very high. It's something like ninety ish percent, eighty five, ninety percent. So, um, I wouldn't be that worried. It's more, it's more just missing a year. Uh, although you never know, he could be one of those cases that never does make it back completely. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's hope not. But if he if he were on the verge of of starting and he was already rehabbing and his stuff seemed to be back, then probably wouldn't bump him down much at all on that list um anyway <laughs> okay all right so my topic is uh, <laughs> is alex rodriguez so <laughs> <laughs> everybody will be very happy to hear about alex rodriguez uh-huh. uh i i just wanted to uh to talk about this uh espn the mag uh you know like uh, did you see this they Poll players anonymously. Uh, I saw a headline about it. Hadn't read it yet. Never not a great idea. Always, <laughs> always fun to see what players say uh-huh. anonymously. Although you do, you wonder about the the sampling in any of these. Yeah. You wonder about how they choose the the thirty six guys uh, if they tend to be a particular type of guy. But uh, you know, I I think they did good work, and um, the questions are interesting and the answers are interesting. But anyway, they they talked to thirty six. Uh, pitchers over the last uh, week and all of them were granted anonymity and so the questions all involved the Ryan Dempster Alex Rodriguez beaning mm. and um, I uh, I guess there's some there's some kind of uncertainty about what Dempster was trying to accomplish there's that 
like I, I don't know if you saw this, but there's that uh, possible explanation that really he's just mad at A Rod for like not acknowledging yes. him at a party or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, the the narrative that came out of that was like this was a player taking taking vengeance against a guy who had you know made all the players look bad and who had cheated the players and who was you know now playing through his suspension and mm-hmm. so the in, in a you know in the simple narrative that you get it's that um, players hate a rod like Dempster mm-hmm. Dempster gets to stand in for all players and his act gets to stand in as like uh, uh, you know what all players would want to do. And, and this survey shows that that's not true at all. Um, and I don't have much to say about it, but I wanted to just talk about it briefly. Uh, do you want to bean Alex Rodriguez? Not a single player answered yes. Hmm. So that surprised me. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you why that surprised me. Uh, it surprised me because CJ Wilson once was talking about uh, steroids and how they suck. And, he made a comment about how you know there's just not that much you can do about a guy who you suspect of, of cheating. You can you can bean him or you can take him out at second base, but that's about it. And I I had never actually heard the uh, beanball as PED retaliation mm-hmm. uh, idea before. And uh, I think that I might have mentioned it in the piece I did about you know how all all of these pitches are awful. But um, they that I had never heard that, and so I guess uh, players don't really consider. I, I guess that's basically Wilson's is not a mainstream opinion. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, all right. One pitcher said hitting a rod would be worth getting tossed, which confused me because none said they wanted to hit a rod. <laughs> <Yeah>. So what, <laughs> apparently, one pitcher just hates playing and was like, oh, "I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do yeah. anything yeah. <laughs> to get sent home." Uh, several. Several went out of their way to condemn Dempster. That was just Bush League baseball. Said one star. The situation didn't call for it. You need to take caution with that kind of responsibility. Um, uh, 83% said that he should be allowed to play during his appeal, which is interesting because, again, you you hear the outliers. Dempster is the outlier, but you also heard from John Lackey complaining that he got to play through his suspension. And mm-hmm. the narrative that comes out of that is, oh, players don't like this, but um, one pitcher says we collectively bargained for that right, and I would want it for myself. It's his right that should be supported. Uh, so that was nice to hear. I mean, these are all very seem to be kind of they they the answers all seem to skew toward fairness and maturity. And so I liked this survey. I liked this poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, everybody hates Bud Selig. Apparently, uh, half of them thought that A Rod has been targeted unfairly. Um, and, uh, also, uh, lots of people don't like A-Rod, uh, a fifth agreed with the ban, uh, about another fifth would support a lifetime ban. So like a little more than a third would support the ban that he got or longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, what surprised me is that more players actually would rather, would choose A-Rod as a teammate instead of Ryan Braun, uh, huh. which did not fit my uh, preconceived notions about where each player sort of stands within the game. Um, so uh, I was surprised a little bit just because there had been so much, felt like there was so much momentum against A-Rod, and uh, this kind of makes me think that like the the downward momentum to some degree has kind of stopped. The A-Rod market is you know, slowly gaining, slowly recovering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe in a few years, the A-Rod market will be 
a, a little bit healthy again. Does anything stand out to you about it? Um, I guess it, it doesn't shock me so much just because we've already seen David Ortiz's comments. Um, and I feel like, you know, if, if David Ortiz was willing to speak out and kind of uh, condemn his own teammates' actions, not not in a, a really blistering way, but he said he didn't like it and didn't think it was the right thing to do. And that's that's unusual um, to to, it is. to hear someone come out and, and criticize a teammate's actions, uh, especially in in defense of another player who's supposed to be extremely unpopular. Although they're they're kind of friends, I guess. Yeah, it's also the, he's also I mean he's a hitter. It is interesting. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. It is interesting to see him kind of disagree with his teammate publicly. But he's a hitter. A Rod's mm-hmm. a hitter. What what's sort of interesting is that these are all pitchers and. Pitchers and hitters have kind of vastly different takes on yeah. throwing baseballs at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know that David Ortiz, like it would have been somewhat more interesting if it had been, um, you know, lackey maybe I guess. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, but that that whole thing worked out for for A Rod pretty well, really. In retrospect, that I mean, his popularity was kind of at an all time low, and then uh, he kind of got some sympathy points for that. I feel like he got. You know, he got his his manager coming out to argue for him um, very passionately, which which sort of reflected well, I guess. Uh, and then he he hit a home run later in the game, which was it's kind of the seen as the ultimate payback for getting drilled. Um, and and yeah, Dempster's actions kind of not supported by it seems like most players. So. So that kind of maybe helped to rehabilitate his image a little bit. Yeah, it would have been really interesting to ask the same 36 pitchers the same first question. Do you want to be an A-Rod uh, before Dempster did it and mm-hmm. before Dempster kind of got the reaction he did and to ask if it would be worth getting ejected to do it before Dempster did it? Because uh, you wonder whether, to some degree, uh, I mean, you do wonder whether more pitchers wanted to do it and Dempster might have reflected some of the sentiment. And it just kind of backfired on him mm-hmm. a little bit and so people just sort of changed their mind mm-hmm. um so that's a possibility but yeah i agree with you good yeah. nice nice good hot take <laughs> uh Sizzle, sizzling yeah one more thing on on harvey one quote that alderson said um he said these inning limits are not a guarantee of anything they're certainly not based on science that will tell you if you don't do this you're safe there's no safe harbor here um, I thought that was kind of interesting because you'd you'd like to think that the innings limits are based on some sort of science, uh, even if it's never a guarantee. You'd you'd like to think that teams put these in place not because Tom Verducci came up with a a rule that doesn't really make sense, but but because they've done some research on what happens to young pitchers who pitch a certain number of innings or increase by a certain number of innings at a certain age. Um, kind of, kind of makes me wonder whether, whether, whether teams know that much more about pitcher usage as as related to injuries than than we do. Like I, I generally, like when Dylan Bundy got hurt. Um, I don't. I think we got an email or I got an email from someone who kind of wanted us or me to to condemn the Orioles' handling of him and and really. Uh, you know, like starting him, pitching him for a, f- a couple innings per start and just really going easy on him. 
And I, I just I felt like I couldn't do it because I, I don't know anything about how pitcher usage affects injury rates. And I feel like if a team has some program, then I, I generally assume that there's some kind of research or some sort of science behind it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I've been overrating the degree to which teams know how to do anything about this. Um, I was talking to Tom Tippett, the Red Sox stat guy at the Sabre seminar, and he was saying how the Red Sox uh, had adopted a new, I think it was a, a shoulder strengthening program, just like just like the Rays have, and how they had seemed to have good luck with it and hadn't had a lot of shoulder injuries. But he also mentioned that they kind of had a new elbow strengthening program. And for a while, it seemed like they had figured that out and no, no one was getting Tommy John. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of guys did at once. Um, so that made me wonder, too, whether whether a, a throwing program or a strengthening program that gets a lot of credit for guys keeping guys healthy has more to do with just injuries not happening to not happening to cluster uh, on that team at that time for for a little while and whether that's just narrative building and whether there's just no hope at all for anyone <laughs> and to end on a on another depressing note uh there's a Casper Wells update Casper Wells can't see apparently um He's, <laughs> he's he he went 0 for 7 with four strikeouts on Saturday, uh, and he's been shut down with vision problems. Mm. So, not only that, but James Gandolfini's dead. <laughs> How do we go on? Uh, send, send us some uplifting questions for tomorrow's listener email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. We need we need a ray of sunshine this week. All right. Okay, dope. All right. See ya.